let's dive in here. So anyway, exciting times at Journey Church. Really excited what God's doing, and we're so glad that you're here this morning. And let's just do this. Let's just invite the presence of God into our hearts to open our ears and hearts as we um, dive into the Word this morning. May it be uh, meaningful for you. Hey, we just read a, um, an article the other day that said, on average, on average, People are attending church like 1.8 times a month. I don't know what that looks like, 1.8. Does that mean the second time you left early? I'm not sure what that means, but really they're talking about because people, maybe we're not giving them something of value. And I sure hope we're giving you something of value at Journey Church. And it's not me. And everybody say, thank God, okay? But things of value are God's presence. Hopefully we give you a message that's going to help you out in life. And I think today's message is very, very valuable, very, very helpful. If we'll take it and not just hear it, but we'll apply it to our lives, I think we'll see great, great value. So God, we just come to you this morning. We ask that you would be at work in our hearts. We just open our hearts right now. We open our minds. We just say all that other stuff, all the other things we got to do today, this week. We just want to dismiss that for this moment And we just invite your presence, Holy Spirit, to come. We invite the word of God to come into our lives and to just be at work in us. And as you work in us, I pray that we would be people that you can work through, not just on Sunday, but on Monday throughout Friday, you're going to be at work in our lives as we go to our places, our spaces in life. We just thank you for this time in Jesus' name. And everyone together said, amen. Hey, right now we're in the month of prayer here at Journey Church. And in this month of prayer, what we're doing is we're just putting the Lord's Prayer under a microscope, looking at it just a little, little closer. So if you have not received one of these um, Lord's Prayer cards that we've had printed for you, um, Chad, can you help us out? Raise your hand at this time. Maybe you lost it, you misplaced it. It's probably shoved under your car front seat. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And you need somebody, Chad, to help you out. Maybe you want a second one. There's plenty available. So just raise your hands as this handsome young man goes through the sanctuary this morning, and he'll help you out with a copy of the Lord's Prayer. How many people have a hard time not misplacing things? Anybody have a, anybody challenged with misplacing things? Okay. I know I went to Sam's Club this week, and you know when you check out at Sam's Club, they give you a receipt, and then just like a couple steps down the road, you're supposed to hand the receipt to the next stop, and she scans the receipt. Well, this week I um, went to Sam's Club, made some purchases for the church. I got my receipt, but I made a stop. And I had to stop because when you can buy a piece of pizza, a slice of pizza, and a Coke for two fifty, you do it, right? So I got there eating, and I must have thrown my receipt away. I was like broke out into a cold sweat, okay? Because there, there, there was just a few steps away, this young girl, probably about 23, 24 years old, was going to ask me for my receipt. I was really debating, is she really going to stop me? I'm like, I'm twice her size. I'm just going to bowl through, Okay. And sure enough, the Lord convicted me. I stopped. And I said, I don't have my receipt. I showed her a check. She says, sir, you need to go to customer service. Because over at customer service, they will give you another receipt. 
I was like, really? No, I, I was, I'm always a game player. Yeah, you bet. You got a job to do. So I went over there, and when they gave me a receipt. I said, thank God, because Carmen at the church is going to want a receipt. <laughs> so I said, thank you for making me go back for a receipt. And they let me out, and I got outside, and hallelujah's chorus broke out. But anyway, forgetful people, we're all in the same boat. I don't know where we're heading. We're looking at the Lord's Prayer And as I've said, we're in this 30-day challenge. I want a prayer challenge, and I want to encourage you, let's not give in, let's not stop. If you haven't started, let's get started even today. We're challenging people to pray this prayer not once but twice a day, maybe at the beginning of your day, maybe at the end of your day where you take time just to walk through this prayer and pray it. Then last week, we added another wrinkle to the challenge And that wrinkle was, we really encourage you not to pray alone at least one of those times, but take one of those times to pray with somebody else. So maybe it's pray with your spouse, pray with one of your kids, pray with a coworker, whatever the case may be. Pray this prayer together. There's power when people pray together, okay? So we're looking at this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. It was really a response to one of their requests, and they requested Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Because here's the deal. Many times people don't pray because they they say to themselves, I don't know how to pray. So Jesus comes and he, really what he gives us in the Lord's Prayer is he gives us this wonderful outline on how to pray. And in this outline, what he does is he gives us seven different petitions, seven different petitions that we can bring to God in prayer when we come to him in the morning and throughout the day or in the evening, okay? So these are the four that we've already um, touched on in the last few weeks, and I just want to say one comment on number one, and that is on um, petition number one, Jesus said, when you pray, come and begin by saying, our Father. Can we all say that together? Our Father. One more time, our Father. And just one of the emphasis in that message like three weeks ago, the emphasis was on this fact that God is truly God, but he is also our father. And meaning that he wants to have a relationship with you, with me, with us when we come together. So I want to just drill down on that just just in those last few seconds, because we're going to go back to that thought later in the message that God desires to have a relationship with you. You say, really with me? Yes, really with you. But you don't know what a mess my life is. Well, join the crowd, amen? Amen? Is there any perfect people in the room this morning? If so, you're at the wrong church. This is a church for people in need of grace and forgiveness, amen? So we're gonna look at this. Today we're gonna look at petition number five in this prayer, in this outline, and it goes like this. Jesus said, hey, and this is how you should pray, and forgive us our trespasses. Just a quick time out. Trespasses, it may in your translation say debts. Other translations, I think, say it even better, sins. All mean the same thing. Basically, just it's basically what translation you're reading out of, okay? And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. So what in the world does this part of the prayer mean to us when we pray this in the morning, again in the afternoon, okay? And I want to let you know 
to understand what this part of the, what this petition really means, we really need to understand the key word of this one petition comes up twice, and that key word is the word forgive. The word forgive, which I find very, very interesting because just last week, petition four, Jesus taught us to what? Pray for our daily bread, which means pray for what you need today. Pray for what we need today. And how many people know that one of our greatest needs each and every day of our lives, one of our greatest needs, hands down, is our need for what? Forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. And it's so big that Jesus says, hey, every time you're praying this prayer, you're really coming into a place of asking for forgiveness. So here's what I want you to do right now is I want you to get your penny. I need to find my penny. Anybody have a I got one in my pocket. It's buried deep, okay? What you're going to do right now is you're going to flip your penny, then you're going to turn it over on your hand, okay? Everybody that got a heads, put your hand in the air. Every, all the heads people, hands in, okay. All the people with tails, raise your hand. Okay, I'm just figuring out what I should call the next time. Okay, tails one. Okay, that doesn't mean anything, okay? I just wanted to see you do that. Today, what we're going to do And I want you to hold on to this. Today, what we're doing is we're calling this, we have a particular name for it, and that is we're calling this your forgiveness penny, your forgiveness penny, okay? So let me ask the question, how many sides are there to this penny? And everybody said, listen, Pastor Mike says there's two. There's going to be two today, okay? So it's two. What's my point? Because there's a point here. Is everybody ready for a point? This is a sermon with a point, okay? And that is that just as every penny has two sides, the same is true of forgiveness. Ooh, that was good. Just as every penny has two sides, the same is true of forgiveness. There are two sides to forgiveness. Yes, they're the same coin, but two different sides, and they go together, go together. So let's talk about these two sides just for a moment here. Side number one, let's look at the head side of the penny. We'll talk about that. And for all purposes today, we're calling that the receiving side, the receiving side of forgiveness, receiving side of forgiveness. It's here on the receiving side of forgiveness that we receive what? We receive from forgiveness from our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father for what? For our trespasses, for our debts, for our sins. And folks, I have some amazing, wonderful news for you today, and that is God promises not to count our sins against us when we come to a place of forgiveness. I want to say that again. God promises not to count our sins against us. Is there anyone thankful for that this morning? I certainly am. I certainly am. So I have two questions I want to ask you concerning the receiving side of forgiveness. Two questions. The first question is basically, how do we receive forgiveness of our sins? Or better yet, how do we receive forgiveness from God for our sins? How does that work? How does, how does it happen? Well, I want to introduce you to one key word of how we are receiving forgiveness, and the key word is this. Everybody together say, ask. 
ask. If we're gonna receive forgiveness from God, which I wanna call also, I wanna give it this name, horizontal forgiveness. I'm sorry, vertical forgiveness. If we're gonna receive vertical forgiveness for our sins, we need to ask. And that's exactly what we're doing when we pray this prayer. Father, forgive us our trespasses. Father, forgive us our sins. What we're doing is we're asking for this vertical forgiveness with our Father. We're asking for forgiveness of sin, trespasses, debts. And there's sometimes, I know when I pray, I just go through and I just pray, Lord, forgive us our trespasses. Then there's other times where I stop, and I'm sure you do too, and it's at that time we get a little more specific. We get a little more specific. For example, Friday, I just had, does anybody ever deal with a toxic attitude? Or am I the only wretched sinner in the room? <laughs> Friday, I had a toxic attitude towards a situation where it was nothing about the situation. It was 100% on me, 100%. And I want to let you know, I was, I was, um, be, I was behaving and I wasn't the person I wanted to be. I wasn't behaving and becoming the person I wanted to be. I was just like, I was like kind of just toxic. And I don't know why it was. It was really small. It was really trite. It was really kind of, to be honest with you, stupid. But later in the day, I just had to come and say, Lord, forgive me of my trespasses. Nobody else was involved. It was just, I know that my attitude wasn't pleasing to Jesus. So as Lord, I come and I ask, will you forgive me for that toxic attitude that was polluting my soul? We ask. Here's the second question I want to ask is this. Why is it necessary? Why is it necessary for us to ask for forgiveness? Why is it necessary? Remember what we prayed in week one, our Father, the whole thought behind that is that God desires to have a relationship with you. I want you to get that. God desires to have a relationship with you. And I want to let you know that relationship begins, according to Scripture, when we repent of our sins and we turn and place our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's when the relationship occurs. That's when other Scriptures say that's when we're born again. For me, I remember it like it was yesterday, even though it was even probably 40-plus years ago. For me, and I've told the story, I was a fifth grader in a Baptist church. The preacher was preaching sin and repentance, and he said, do any of you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And as a fifth grader, believe it or not, I know this is hard to believe, I was weeping. I was weeping in church, and he said, come forward, and I came forward just crying, kneeling at the altar, saying, Lord, I repent of my sins, and I turn and I place my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That was, does anybody remember when that was? That was what grade? Fifth grade, you were listening, very good. You can keep your penny at the end of service, okay? I wanna let you know, since fifth grade, I know this is gonna surprise some of you, but since fifth grade, I have sinned. Everybody's like, no way, yeah. Since fifth grade, I've been a bad boy at times. Can anybody relate? There's times I've sinned. 
And each time I sin, even though Jesus, yes, it's already been determined, I'm a child of God, I place my faith in Christ, but each time I sin, I need to ask for forgiveness. Why? Have you ever stopped to wonder why I need to ask for forgiveness? Have you ever stopped to think about that? And I want to just submit to you one reason why we need to ask for forgiveness. And that is because if we're not careful and we allow unforgiven sin to reign in our lives, what happens, I'm going to tell you what happens. Our heart begins to become hardened. Does everybody hear me this morning? When we have sin in our life that we don't deal with, we don't take care of this receiving side of this vertical forgiveness, if we're not careful over time, our heart gets hardened and our relationship with God begins to suffer. The things that used to excite us about God, the the zeal, the fervor, the excitement, the joy we used to have in our relationship, if we allow sin to remain unforgiven, I want to let you know you could be in a very bad place. So I would need, we need to ask for forgiveness so that our relationship with God can be made healthy again, in the right standing again. Vertical forgiveness, us receiving forgiveness is very, very important. And sometimes it's a daily thing. Sometimes for me, it's a multiple, multiple times a day. And this is why one of my go-to verses is 1 John 1, 9. The disciple that Jesus loved, listen to what he wrote. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and he will, everybody together, forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So the receiving side of forgiveness brings our relationship with our heavenly father back into a healthy place, back into right standing with a holy and just God, okay? So what is the first type of forgiveness? And everybody said, receiving, receiving. Now I want us to flip the coin over to the other side, which is the tail side. So the first side of forgiveness is receiving. The second side of forgiveness is right here. It's called the giving side, giving. See, we are called to give forgiveness. We are called to forgive those who have trespassed, sinned against us. And what that word means in this particular context, that is that we're called to let go. And I want to let you know there's people in this room today, maybe this will be the day you need to let it go. You need to let it go. And what do you say, what do you say, Mike? What do I need to let go? Some of us need to let go of some anger. Some of us need to let go of some resentment. Some of us need to let go of some hurts, and they're real, and I'm not downplaying them. We've all been there. Somebody hurt us. Somebody sinned against us, trespassed against us. In this part of the prayer, just as we have received, we are to what? We are to give. We are to give. So this part of the prayer calls us to do something that's not always easy. We're agreeing with God that we're going to forgive those people who have sinned against us. Very important. So Jesus is teaching us here to pray in such a way that whenever we come to God and we ask for this vertical forgiveness, he's calling us also at that same time. It's important 
that we take care of issues of forgiveness in our relationship with people in our lives. And like I said, sometimes this can be very hurtful. Sometimes it can be very painful. And sometimes you hear a pastor talk about these things and you're like, pastor, if you only knew what I went through, if you only knew my circumstances, my story, my past, you make it sound like it's so easy. No, I'm trying not to. It's hard for many people. But I want to let you know this is a big deal. It's such a big deal that it's very, very interesting. After Jesus teaching, teaches them how to pray, he comes back to the issue of forgiveness. If you look at the text in verses 14 and 15, Jesus goes and he says more about this need to forgive. And this is a very powerful two verses that I've wrestled with for many years. So let's look at it together. Jesus speaking. No church, no doctrine, no denomination. Jesus Christ, fully God, said these words. He says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Does anybody know what's coming next, by the way? Say, yeah. Okay. Look at the second part. But if you do not forgive others, ouch. If you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I want to let you know, there's for, since this, these words were spoken, there's been many scholars, theologians, who have debated what does this really mean. And you could look at different commentaries. You could do your own research, and you'll find out different interpretations of what this means. But there's an interpretation that I've landed on in my heart that I want to share with you, and if your interpretation's different, hey, we can still love one another, right? And we can even talk about it. But this is what I believe that verse means, and, and that, I believe this verse means that those who have truly received, so look at the head side of your coin, for those who have truly received vertical forgiveness, meaning there was sin in your life, you knew it was wrecking your relationship with God, so you ran to God and you said, Lord, forgive me of my sins, and he, forgive, he forgave you. For those who have truly received vertical forgiveness, they should also be people who are willing to give horizontal relate or forgiveness. I like to say it this way. Freely we have received. Freely we are to what? To give. Freely, God has forgiven us. Now, when people sin against us, freely we are to forgive those people. So what I want to do right now is I want to read a story from the Bible. It's a parable that Jesus taught about this whole issue of forgiveness. So what I want to do right now, just to change voices, because I want you now to just refocus on somebody else. Two other people are going to help me with this. And the first one is Heather. She's going to come. So Heather, if you'd come at this time. Dan, if you'd be ready to receive the microphone from Heather when she's done. I want you to listen. Heather, you can step into the light. I want Heather to read this story to you about forgiveness. 
Okay, we're starting in Matthew 18, 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Stop. Millions of dollars. Go, guys. Okay, does everybody hear that? Millions. Everybody say millions. Okay, Heather, I'm sorry to interrupt. Y'all never do it again. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Everybody understand before Dan comes and shares the rest of the story, does everybody understand this guy was in debt millions of dollars? And his debt was forgiven, just like that. Now the same guy, Dan will pick up the, in verse 27. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it. He pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put him in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called and the man, he said, he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Thank you. So thank Heather and Dan for the reading of God's word this morning. So in a nutshell, what I want you to see here, we who have received forgiveness are to give forgiveness. We who have freely received forgiveness from our Heavenly Father are to be people who freely give forgiveness to others. It doesn't mean that we always forget doesn't mean that we don't set up boundaries maybe in the future. I'm talking forgiveness here. How many would agree with me today that forgiveness isn't always easy? I was reading um, some on online articles this week, and I came across this little um, write-up. I'll show you here on the screen. Exact rendering of the article. It said, "On what is known as Forgiveness Sunday, I find it ironic. Forgiveness Sunday in Orthodox Christianity. Ukraine President Zelensky said, 'Ukraine, Ukraine.' He said these words: 'Will never forgive. Will never forgive. The shelling of its homes, the killing of unarmed people, and the destruction of their infrastructure.'" So here you have a president of a whole country. This isn't a political platform at all. We're talking Jesus here. 
what we're seeing is a guy saying, my whole country will never forgive. Has there been great acts of injustice? Absolutely. Has there been pain beyond imagination? Absolutely. Can't even imagine what's going on as those people flee for Poland by the millions. But I want to let you know there needs to be a day, according to scriptures, where the people of that country want to move forward into real freedom. There's going to be a need to be a day where there's What are they going to need to do? I'm not downplaying at all what they're going through. If you think I am, you've missed the point. The point is there's going to be a day if they really want to accept, accept and receive forgiveness. They're going to, or they're going to, need, to re, they're going to need to forgive. Um, second story as we close today is a story of a lady that I read about years ago, and her name is Corey Ten Boom. What a name, Corey Ten Boom, okay. Has anybody ever heard of her before? Raise your hands, Corey Ten Boom. Um, just let me read just, a, just for a few minutes about her. If you don't know who she is, she worked against the Nazis in World War II. And what she did is her and her family hid Jews in their homes, in their home, okay? But one day she was caught, and she was sent to a consecration camp when she was stripped of her dignity, saw her father and her sister, Betsy, die, and suffered more at the hands of other people than we could possibly ever imagine. This is precisely why she encountered her story of her forgiveness. So she's sent to this camp. She's abused physically. She's embarrassed Her father dies, her sister dies, horrible situation. Years after the war is over, she's set free, and now she goes on this speaking circuit. She goes from church to church in Germany, and she's talking about her story. And in her story, she's talking about how God is a God who forgives. That's the context. I want to read exactly the words she says in her book. She says, it was at a church service in Munich, Germany, that I saw him, the former man who had stood guard at the shower door at the processing center at Ravensbrück. He was the first of the actual jailers that I had seen since being released from prison. And suddenly it was all there, the room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, the pain in my sister's face as she passed away. He came up to me, As the church was emptying after the service, he was beaming and he was bowing. He said these words, how grateful I am for your message, he said. I think that as you say, I'm so thankful that he has washed my sins away. So in this service, this guy hears of forgiveness and he, he encounters this forgiveness, this vertical forgiveness of God. His hand was thrust out to shake mine hand. And I, who preach so often the need for people to forgive, I kept my hand at my side. Even as the anger, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask more from him? 
Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to be able to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, I breathed a silent prayer, Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him. Well, into my heart sprang a love for this stranger and an ability to forgive. She goes on to write, I forgive you. She went up to him and said, I forgive you, brother, with all my heart. They stood there for a long time, holding hands and both experiencing the power of forgiveness. So two different scenarios, we'll never forgive. And then a woman who experienced personal pain and tragedy, not of only her, but her family, saying, Jesus, help me to forgive. So in closing, I want to just ask you two questions. So if you have your Bibles open, anything open, let's just close them up right now because I really want you to focus on these two questions. Number one, have you received forgiveness? Have you ever asked for forgiveness in your life? Have you ever gone to God and said, Father, forgive me of my sins? I repent of my sins. And I turn and I place my faith in you, Jesus, as my Savior. God, I repent. Will you forgive me? That's step one, but how about in other sins in our lives? How about even this week? Maybe an attitude, maybe some words, maybe some slanderous words, hurtful words towards somebody, or have you asked for forgiveness? Maybe you stole something, maybe you lied. I mean, the list can be endless. That is, have you received forgiveness? Have you taking the time this week to say, Lord, I want to come and I want to ask, forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me of my debts. Forgive me of my sins. Is your relationship with God current? Or is your heart becoming a little hardened? And now you're feeling, I don't even have any feelings towards God. It's because our hearts have been hardened by sin. We need to take care of sin quickly in our lives. That's why Jesus is teaching every time we pray, Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us. Why? Because our greatest need is our need for forgiveness so that we can have this healthy relationship with God. But that leads directly to question number two, and that question is, do you need to give forgiveness to someone else? Maybe somebody that sinned against you, trespassed against you, they hurt you, and you all, we all have a story of people that did that in our lives. I like what Corey says later in one of her writings. She says these words. She says, forgiveness is not an emotion. It's an act of the will. If you're waiting until the right time where, oh, Lord, I feel emotionally ready to do this, it may never happen. It's really an act of the will. It's really an act of obedience. It's really a response of, God, you have given me forgiveness. Who am I to keep forgiveness from somebody else in my life. So what I want us to do right now is I want us just to bow our heads in the quietness of this room this morning. And I want to ask this question, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? I believe the Holy Spirit's at work in our church services. 
And I believe he wants to speak to people. But so many times we're so hurried, we're so busy. But let's just take about one minute, two minutes, just to open up our ears and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Is there an area in your life where you need to receive vertical forgiveness? Is there an area in your life where you need to give horizontal forgiveness? May I say, would this be the day that we determine that we're going to get things right? Because it's in our making things right that we can experience freedom. I want to let you know God wants you to be free. Amen? He wants you to be free. He wants you to be peace in your relationships with him and with others. And that peace often comes as we take these steps of vertical and horizontal forgiveness. So let's just allow this quietness, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I just want to encourage someone today. There's Maybe this applies to many people, but there's somebody in your family, somebody close. And there is some tension, there's some brokenness between you because of issues of sin and debts and trespasses. And you've been making a lot of excuses, you've been justifying. We can justify just about everything. Does everybody understand that? We need to stop justifying, and let's, I want to encourage, somebody needs to step up to the plate this week. Maybe several people need to step up to the plate this week and say, you know what? I'm going to take the high road. I'm not going to wait for them to come to me, because that day may never come. But I'm going to be the person that takes the high road, and I'm going to go to them. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I think some people right now, you're even thinking, well, it isn't what I did, it's what they did. Well, that's when we need to let go of hurt. We need to let go of resentment. We need to let go on our end of those things that are holding us back. So, Lord, we give you these moments, not only today, but we take this penny home with us. And when we look at this penny, Lord, may we always be remembered of your great forgiveness of our sins, that, that, that forgiveness that we receive from you that's so available to us each and every day simply by asking. But Lord, as we turn the penny over, may we also realize that what we have freely received, we are supposed to be people that are different than the world. We're part of a new kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom, just as we have received, we are to be people who give freely with no strings attached. They don't have to perform to get our forgiveness, just like we didn't have to perform to receive from you. So Lord, I pray that you would help us. Help us to be people that can forgive. I want to pray right now for people who have been hurt. Lord, I just pray that healing would begin to take place. Freedom would begin to come into people's lives. 
is whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord, help us not to live this life carrying around a backpack of weighted sin and unforgiveness. But Lord, may this be the day that, figuratively speaking, we take off the backpack with all of its weight and we leave it at an altar. And now we go out and we live our lives free of living with all that weight upon our shoulders. So Lord, we pray for your help. It's in Jesus' name. We all stand to our feet this morning. But let's just conclude today by putting all these pieces together, all these petitions together. And let's pray this beautiful, beautiful prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, how to pray. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. 